0: of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, not here with your co-host, Chris the Fantasy Expert. Chris the Fantasy Expert is on vacation this week, um, so he will not be joining us on the podcast today. But even so, we've got a very fun show. I'm not going to be doing this show solo, of course. So I'm bringing on a very special guest, Official second-in-goal fantasy website writer, Touchdown Kirk, is appearing on the show for the very first time. So, Kirk, I'm really glad that you're here. I'm so happy to have someone to co-host with, even though Chris is on vacation, and uh, I think it's going to be a fun episode.
1: Yeah, it's nice to finally be on the podcast here at episode 16.
0: Yeah, episode 16, first time he's coming on the podcast. Way back in the early days of this podcast, when we were just practicing, uh, Touchdown Kirk was a regular on the show. But uh, he has not come on yet, until now. And now we, that we needed him, he is on in a pinch, and so we are ready to get started. Today in this show for you guys, we'll have an offseason moves recap. So we put together a bunch of guys, basically all the guys who changed teams in the offseason. We didn't include the got players like Dak Prescott who like signed a franchise tag or anything like that or got franchise tagged. We just included the players who changed teams from the offseason. Then we have a couple of situations that are still unresolved, and we'll talk about those at the end of the episode today so we'll start off with our first um offseason move and this one was pretty crazy I would say I was probably a little surprised by it Tom Brady a lifelong New England Patriot has now left New England to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Kirk I think with the addition of all those weapons around him Mike Evans and Chris Godwin at wide receiver the addition of Rob Gronkowski at tight end I think this increases Brady's fantasy value and I think he is a top 12 quarterback for next year
1: Yeah, he's definitely looking like a very appealing fantasy option. He's got Chris Godwin. He's got Mike Evans. He's got his tight end, Rob Gronkowski, back. The Buccaneers' offense has been forceful for a while. It's just their defense that stopped them from getting out of the playoffs. This is looking like a really nice situation for Brady
0: and everyone else on the team. Yeah, I agree. I think Brady is definitely, his value is definitely improved. We saw when his schedule got harder last year and he wasn't facing easy division opponents like the Dolphins and the Jets that he was having a hard time keeping up consistent fantasy production. Uh, Kirk, I know you know, because you had Brady on your team for a while last year. Um, that must've been tough for sure. Um, but yeah, I think Brady's fantasy value is undoubtedly uh, improved by this. And now I think he is a, uh, he's for me around like a borderline top 10 quarterback. Um, and I think that's where most people have him as well.
1: If he's on that level for me.
0: Yeah. So um, next we've got DeAndre Hopkins, who was traded to the Arizona Cardinals in a very, very surprising trade. Now he gets, I guess, a downgrade at quarterback from Deshaun Watson to Kyler Murray. But uh, Kirk, I think there's no doubt that uh, Hopkins will stay as a top tier fantasy wide receiver next year.
1: Yeah, one thing that I am a little worried about is the chemistry that was between Hopkins and Watson. Like, th- they were really they were really connected together. They they knew their routes really well, and they, they were just I'm not sure he's gonna have the same amount of chemistry with Kyler Murray. Although hopefully he can work it out during this time that we have off.
0: Yeah, I think, I don't think there's any question that he'll have less chemistry with Murray just because he hasn't played with Murray before. So I think, but Hopkins is one of the most talented receivers in the league. You could argue that he is the most talented. I would probably give that title to Michael Thomas by a narrow margin, but you could argue that I think he's definitely in the top three for most talented receivers in the NFL. And uh, he's moving to a less high-powered offense, but I think this move really helps Kyler Murray maybe more than it hurts Deshaun Watson. Would you agree, Kirk?
1: Yeah, definitely. Murray is looking like a great option last year. And I don't think this is going to be another Baker Mayfield because Mayfield just didn't have as an impressive a season as Kyler Murray did in his rookie year. Now he's poised to really make this a jump. No, no question about it. It's going to be a great year for the Cardinals.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like their defense is still going to hold them back. But on offense, I agree with you that it's going to be a great year. Also, they've got a nice running back in Kenyon Drake over there, in case you hadn't heard from that midseason trade last year. Um, also another guy involved in that same Hopkins deal, David, uh, David Johnson, sorry, excuse, sorry, excuse me, is heading over to the Houston Texans, uh, and this was a really shocking trade. I I thought that uh, tr- they traded Hopkins, the uh, Texans did. They traded Hopkins in a uh, fourth-round pick for Johnson in a second-round pick. So I thought this was really a rip off by the Arizona Cardinals, another one of Bill O'Brien's famous questionable moves. And But for Johnson's fantasy value, he's really a boomer bust pick next year because, Kirk, we don't really know if he can stay on the field, and we don't know if he has the same talent that he had early in his career.
1: Yeah, Um I think that if he can get by the fumbling concerns that he's been having and then the injury concerns, like, if he, if he can just play, play like he's been playing, play a 16-game season, he's going to be great. He's playing on a, on a very good offense that is going to be running the ball a lot now without um, DeAndre Hopkins, and he's going to be playing for one of the best QBs in the league. So it's an, it, he is a very appealing option if he can stay out of trouble.
0: Yeah, if he, if that's the b- big key, though, if he can stay out of trouble. We don't really know if he can do that. For me, I have him at around a mid-tier RB2. I think he's the last guy, because I've talked about this before, where I think there's like a bunch of RBs that uh, are I really like next year. And at about a mid-tier RB2, I think there's really a big drop-off. And Johnson is that sort of in-between guy for me, because he has so much potential that I put him uh, behind all those guys that I like, but ahead of guys like Le'Veon Bell, maybe, or... I'm trying to remember if I have him ahead of Bell. I know I have him ahead of guys like Melvin Gordon and Jonathan Taylor for sure. But um, I think I have him ahead of Bell. I'm not exactly sure. But Johnson's an appealing high risk option. It's possible I could see him going a little overdrafted next summer because of, or this summer because of fantasy uh, name recognition, but I still think he's a, he could be a nice boomer bust pick to have. And uh, if you're confident in that he'll stay on the field and he still has talent, then you're, if you're confident in Bill O'Brien, then I would say pull the trigger next year but he's definitely be aware of the risk. So next we've got Stefan Diggs who I think is a little bit being being a little bit overvalued in the mock drafts that I've seen. Stefan Diggs is heading over to the Buffalo Bills with a new quarterback Josh Allen who does like to throw deep but isn't necessarily very accurate doing so. Um Kirk I think Chris likes uh Chris likes Stefan Diggs probably a little more than both of us. I'm not exactly sure where he has Diggs in his rankings. But I think that Diggs, for me, uh, I don't know if he'll get enough targets to succeed in that deep ball game where he so thrives.
1: Yeah, I mean, Diggs is – he's a good wide receiver. Um, He played well for the Vikings in his many years there. Now I think he's playing for an offense that is going to be a little bit more run-oriented. I mean, they drafted uh-huh. Zach Moss. They have Devin Singletary. But, I mean, don't completely discount him. He's still like – um a decent wide receiver two to have just don't just don't overdraft him don't assume that he's gonna maintain the production that he had in Minnesota especially before this year
0: I mean for me because of the strong wide receiver class I think Diggs is outside of a wide receiver two range I don't think he is a wide receiver two and so I would recommend because of name value just probably avoiding him in your drafts because he's gonna go um, a little bit overvalued at least in my opinion
1: That's true. I mean, I probably wouldn't draft him just because he's going to go overvalued. But if he does drop to you at a decent position, then go ahead and take him.
0: Yeah, I would say maybe a borderline top 30 guy for me. Um, Yeah. So next we've got Todd Gurley on this list who is going to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, He's going to join Matt Ryan over there and a Julio Jones as sort of the running back that they really needed. The uh, Devontae Freeman really wasn't cutting it for them. And now that he's gone, uh, the Falcons replaced him with Gurley, but Gurley's another high risk guy because we're not really sure about his knee injury. And uh, yes, he passed his physical. So that was some positive news, but uh, it's, we've sort of been hearing mixed news about his knee. And so, uh, Kirk you've got really got to keep in mind in drafts and I would say this to the audience as well just that Gurley has carries a ton of risk but I and I think he may go a little overvalued in drafts but I think where I'm seeing him right now it's a good spot to have him at maybe a probably a back end between a mid tier and back end RB2 is where I would recommend him being drafted.
1: Yeah, I want to agree with that assessment although there is one thing that he's having the veteran QB Matt Ryan at the helm rather than Jared Goff so He's he's gonna have a much more powerful and dangerous offense that that he's on right now. So if he does manage to stay out of injury risk, and again, same thing as David Johnson, he's gonna. I think he's gonna be great. He's going He could. This could be potentially one of his boom years rather than one of his bust years that has marred his career in the past.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's difficult to project, but um, Gurley had uh, had his load managed la- a lot of last year by the Rams, who may have turned out to be smart there because Gurley didn't really end up getting hurt. Um. It's such a tough decision, though, to decide whether to draft him. I don't know if the QB change will make that much of a difference, but I would say draft him. I think he's around my number 20 RB, and I think that's a good spot for him um, next year. So now we've got Melvin Gordon who is heading over to the Denver Broncos. And I think Gordon's also gonna go a little overvalued in drafts, just because yes, he's a talented player. And the Chargers and um, the Chargers, the Broncos signed him for a reason. They signed him for $10 million a year to be their starting running back. However, even though the Broncos consistently undervalue Philip Lindsay, I think Philip Lindsay is going to eat into his, uh, Gordon's touches, and because talent uh, gets you playing time, Lindsay will get more playing time than people think, and Gordon may perform a little worse than people think. What do you think about this, Kurt?
1: Yeah, I think I'm seeing another Philip Lindsay situation. Only this time, Lindsay is demoted to Royce Freeman, and um, yes, and Gordon's become Lindsay. Um, uh, I, I think that uh, only Lindsay's a lot better than Freeman, so I think he's going to r- really eat, eat into Gordon's touches and, and make it like. A, a pretty bad split. That this is just not an appealing trade for fantasy. And if you throw Drew Locke into the mix and the fact that they seem to be stacking their wide receivers in the draft, I would steer clear of this backfield unless it's a decent drop for either of
0: these guys. Yeah, for Philip Lindsay and Aaron Jones. They're just two guys who I'm clueless why they're not getting enough touches. They should be getting way more touches. And Jamal Williams and Royce Freeman, their backups are just not very talented at all, in my opinion. Um, so next uh we've got Teddy Bridgewater who is heading over to the Panthers and um yeah, this is an interesting move because Teddy Bridgewater actually went 5-0 and when he was starting games for the Saints next year. Um, so, Kirk, I like this move, and I think Bridgewater's probably more a mid-to-back-end QB, two just because of maybe his inexperience as a starter and his lack of weapons in Carolina.
1: That's true, although he has DJ Moore, and DJ Moore's looking poised for a breakout, and then I think <laughs> I think if they can get Ian Thomas and Kristen McCaffrey to really, um, to really also break out and... Um, Especially Ian Thomas, then I think the offense can be pretty functional. Although, yeah, I would discount him because he doesn't have a very good wide receiver too, and probably Curtis Samuel.
0: So, but but he's definitely a good QB two to have, especially if you can grab him in the last round. Which, yeah, I've been seeing that he has been available a lot in the last round. The other thing about uh, – well, what, not the other thing. I, what you said about DJ Moore, Chris would be very happy to hear because Chris is three Ds to a successful wide receiver fantasy draft, one of them is DJ Moore. So I like DJ Moore. I don't think he's necessarily a value next year. But um, I think he is poised for a pretty good wide receiver season next year. So, yeah, Bridgewater will be looking to DJ more heavily, I predict. I, predict, I think Curtis Samuel is a little overrated. And like Kirk said, you can find him in the last round of your drafts where it's like uh, he can be a nice QB two and is practically free. Like if you didn't draft him, he'd be on the waiver wire. So that's why I like Bridgewater next year. So the next guy on this list is Austin Hooper, who is heading over to the Cleveland Browns, and I believe he became the top-paid tight end in the league. I'm not really sure about that, but uh, Kirk, I think this is a good move for the Browns, but because of the amount of targets in Cleveland for Baker Mayfield to throw to, I don't know if Hooper will be seeing the same amount of uh, receptions that he got in Atlanta with Matt Ryan as his quarterback.
1: Yeah, we're seeing a rece- we're seeing a recession here. No question about it. That was uh, it was a great offense that he was on on the Falcons, one of the best in the league for especially for such an aspiring head end as he is. Now, now downgrade at QB. Um, it, it, it's kind of a crowded field and less targets are being given out. So, But don't completely discount him. He's still worth uh, looking for in the draft. Just don't draft him at, his, at the stock that he was before because he's definitely going to recede.
0: Yeah, I think he's a borderline top 10 guy, maybe top 12 guy for me. It's kind of interesting because it's not that hard to be a good tight end in fantasy, except – but with Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, and Kareem Hunt all getting heavy passing work last year, and with Kevin Stefanski, the new coach, probably becoming more run-oriented like he was in Minnesota, um, I don't really like – I don't really love uh, Cooper's prospects next year. I think he's very talented, and he got the breakout last year that many people were waiting for for many years. But I would definitely accept – expect him his numbers to go down coming this year. Um, also, we've got Nick Foles, who is going to the Chicago Bears, and he'll presumably compete for to, with Mitchell Trubisky for a starting job. And Kirk, I think he'll eventually win. Do you?
1: Yeah, I think he's definitely more talented than Trubisky and a more experienced player. And this is the same kind of situation he was seeing with the Eagles. He's um, His receivers are kind of decent. It's a pretty crowded wide receiver class, so he can spread his targets around. He's used to that. He's also used to a running game being kind of a, a split-time thing with not a, one guy who's overwhelmingly good. So I think this is going to be a pretty comfortable situation for him, and I think that um, he, he may be worth a look just – just keep an eye on him for now.
0: Don't let him fall off your radar. I mean, Foles has really had an up-and-down career, but I still believe that he's more talented than Mitchell Trubisky. I think he's off my fantasy radar for now just because he's in a quarterback competition in a bad offense. But because besides Allen Robinson, they really don't have many weapons there. So I'm I'm not really sure. I would avoid Foles in fantasy, um, but this is just an interesting signing of note. Um, another interesting signing of note that doesn't really matter to fantasy um, Marcus Mariota has gone to the Oakland Raiders he will presumably back up Derek Carr and since Mariota has starting experience Kirk this is a nice guy to back him up Carr since he has more rushing ability he's sort of a different type of quarterback that they can use in a pinch
1: although not a good one but um the funny <laughs> thing is that is that I'm predicting that Derek Carr is actually gonna have a good year next year because just because the Raiders have have improved their offense a lot, and a lot of their guys are poised for breakouts. They have a young offense that's looking pretty good. So I guess if, that, um, if their car performs as well as I think he's going to do, then I don't think Mariota will be very relevant in fantasy next year.
0: Yeah, for Carr, for me, is a back-end QB, too, um, for fantasy. And I think he'll be able to keep out Mariota from the role. Although, I wouldn't be shocked if Mariota takes over, because Derek Carr has widely known that he has not been playing very well in the past couple of years. Another Raiders signing is Nelson Aguilar, who will be a good weapon for Derek Carr, wide receiver. Aguilar is, I think, pretty much irrelevant in fantasy, though, because with the addition of Brian Edwards in the draft, as well as Henry Ruggs, Hunter Renfro is there to get targets, as well as the tight end, Darren Waller, in the running back past catching back Jalen Rashard so uh Kirk I don't really see a path to value for a not too talented a uh, wide receiver in Nelson Aguilar
1: yeah I don't, I don't think there's anything more to be said here just just ignore him pretty much he's not he's not going to be important in fantasy oh, I thought for the you're foreseeable saying, future
0: I thought you're saying ignore me for a second and I was like no please don't ignore me for your drafts but um yes ignore Aguilar this year in fantasy um So also we've got Emmanuel Sanders, who's going to the New Orleans Saints. And he's sort of another guy who, um, I guess we're really going through this list fast right now. But he's another guy who, um, he's a a weapon, a nice weapon for a quarterback, although Drew Brees is more talented than Derek Carr. Brees now has many weapons at his disposal with Alvin Kamara, uh, Michael Thomas, Jared Cook, as well as the additions of Adam Troutman and Emmanuel Sanders. So uh, Kirk, I think Emmanuel Sanders might have a path to value. The target share may not be there. But it's definitely. I think this helps Breeze for sure. But I I don't know how Sanders will do next year in fantasy. Maybe borderline top forty.
1: Yeah, I mean you you have you have a pretty good wide receiver going to one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL and headed by all of these star-studded players, which in and itself can also be an issue because it's kind of a crowded place. But um, but maybe if there's like a major injury, like if Kamara gets hurt, then but then look, then maybe pick him up off the waiver wire if he's there. And, um, and maybe he's poised for a breakout if the field gets cleared out a little bit.
0: Yeah, I doubt he'll be on the waiver wire. Unfortunately, um, I would love it if he was on the waiver wire, but with a strong wide receiver class this year as well, I think that bumps him down a few spots. So he's a borderline top forty guy for me. Um, the main thing to worry about is the target share. But he's not a bad guy to find late in your drafts because he could be, end up being a nice wide receiver too. And next to Michael Thomas is, and that's what I hope for if I would if I'm going to draft Sanders in my drafts. That's what you're. Hoping for, and that's what I would hope for too. Um, also, Jordan Howard and Jordan Howard and Matt Breida, both running backs that are heading over to Miami. Uh, Matt Breida is, I think I was having trouble ranking these two because I think Matt Breida has a little more injury risk, and they're both probably about equally talented. They might just split the carries. I put Howard like one ahead in my rankings. Um, I'm trying to remember where I have them, like 34 and 35. I'm pretty sure, yeah, I had them right next to each other but that's a, that was a really tough spot for me to rank them, and uh, I, I it might be an ugly timeshare over there in Miami, but I think both of them can be pretty efficient, since that offense is actually better than people think, and it's getting better um, now through the draft, and last year, they really had two young emerging wide receivers in Devontae Parker and Preston Williams.
1: Yeah, I think this offense is primed to ascend to the elite, but that isn't going to transfer over to fantasy. I mean, you have a timeshare between these two guys who aren't exactly heavy lifters and they're they not used to that they never have been so timeshares aren't usually good for fantasy it's definitely not going to be doing it this time so don't definitely don't start them maybe maybe you could pick one up as a handcuff in case the other one gets hurt but like don't rely on them. I mean, as a starter.
0: They're borderline top thirty-five guys for me, and the reason I like Howard higher than Breda is just mainly because I just put him a little higher because of injury risk. If Breda gets hurt, or if one of them gets hurt, the other one could actually uh, ascend to nice fantasy production. And I think the addition of two attack of Iloa may open up that offense a little bit as well um but yeah Brita uh, it's good that he left San Francisco because it was very frustrating for fantasy owners while San Francisco is a run heavy offense seeing Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman and Matt Brita all getting carries then Jeff Wilson Jr. just stealing touchdowns from everyone and then being like scratched or sat like being made inactive for like the next week it was just pretty crazy over there in San Francisco um so I'm glad a lot of I think a lot of people are glad that's over also, Eric Ebron, tight end, is going to the Pittsburgh Steelers to join Vance McDonald. And I think Ebron will probably play better than McDonald next year, just mainly because Ebron's a Redstone threat. And I've said this many times. If a tight end scores a touchdown in a fantasy game, they pretty much guaranteed themselves a good game, pretty close to top 12 as well. Ebron scores touchdowns, and um, I think he'll be able to beat out McDonald for most of the tight end receptions, which won't be very many. So I have him more as like a mid, I guess a back end a tight end too, actually.
1: Yeah, I think the only about the only thing I like about McDonald is the restaurant. So, um,
0: so it's I, not a restaurant. It doesn't count as a restaurant
1: if you say so. But, um, but he he, he isn't going to be good next year. Although, even though Ebron's going to steal touches, that's not exactly a lucrative place to be for a tight end. Like, uh, like I think he, I think is going to be handing the ball off to a lot as he ages, and then he's gonna throwing more to the wide receivers. Tight ends had not really had a huge role in the Steelers' offense as of
0: late. Oh man, I would have been severely burned on my fantasy team last year. I was looking for Vance McDonald in my draft because I loved him as a sleeper. And he got stolen from me a half round before, which was actually a blessing in disguise because McDonald ended up playing very badly. I think maybe like number 24 tight end last year. He was awful. Um, also a wide receiver addition to one of the worst teams in the league, the New York Jets. Rashad Perriman is heading over to the New York Jets. Uh, he'll be joined by recent draft pick, Denzel Mims, and he'll be joining Jamison Crowder over there. Um, Kirk, I think there's a path to maybe borderline top 60 success, but because Sam Darnold hasn't had much success throwing in, uh, in New York, uh, I think Perriman may not be that good, and I think he'll have he'll struggle to get touches. because, And also, he hasn't really proven that he can consistently put up fantasy production other than late last year.
1: Yeah, like you said, late last year he was putting up production, but that was in a different situation where they were just getting the ball to him a lot, and and to be honest, the team was just playing to lose. So, so those were more garbage time, um, those were more garbage time touches, and now he's competing with a guy who eats up targets like like a tiger eats meat, and that, that's Jamison Crowder. He got he got a lot of receptions last year, and that's what kind of why I like him this year. But that would steer clear of Perryman, unless maybe. Waiver wire pickup against a team like the Dolphins.
0: Yeah, waiver against the Dolphins. And there's gonna be a lot of receivers. Well, there's always a lot of receivers who just are very matchup dependent, and Paraman may become a guy like that. So maybe get him in the very last round of your drafts. I remember uh Brashad used to be ranked very low in ESPN mock drafts, and so Chris would just always get him in the last round as his last player. Um now with Denzel Mims over there, there's gonna be a tougher path to targets, but I mean I'm fine with Paraman next year. It's not like he's an over or undervalue. I would just value him in the last round. Um, also, some news that doesn't really matter at all. Peyton Barber is heading over to the Washington Redskins. He was, I think, maybe the least efficient running back with like a significant amount of carries last year. And he's also got guys to compete with in Darius Geis, Bryce Love, Adrian Peterson, and J.D. McKissick as well. So, uh, Kirk, I don't know if he'll even make the team, honestly. There's so many guys over there that he'll have to beat out. That's going to be a tough path to success for Peyton Barber.
1: Yeah, I think um, – the, the Redskins seem to be um seem to be rather upset because they, they they lost um a very good member of their front office to the 49ers, so now they're trying to outdo them in cramming the most running backs into one team. The only thing that could happen to get Peyton Barber to be a fantasy-relevant player is to get all of the other RBs to get hurt. I don't think that's likely.
0: Yeah, I guess, well, Kyle Shanahan is the... Front office member you're referring to the offensive former offensive coordinator who went to uh, San Francisco and uh, succeeded uh, had very much success over there. Um, so yeah, Barber is I wouldn't I can't even say an interesting player. Just disregard him. He's not important in fantasy. Speaking of not important in fantasy, Robbie Anderson is technically but he's way, way overvalued. I don't think Robbie Anderson's going to get very many targets at all in Carolina. He's a deep threat, but he's not even a good deep threat. So a good, not good deep threat means a not targeted deep threat. And for a deep threat, what you need is chances to get those big plays. So I don't really like Anderson uh, next year. Uh, Kirk, I don't know if you agree. I yeah. You
1: do. Just bear in mi- I agree with most of that. Just bear in mind that when you've had Sam Darnold thrown to you for most of your career, I don't think there's anywhere to go but up, but but even so, like, I don't even think the upgrade in QB at Teddy Bridgewater is going to help because I think DJ Moore is going to steal a lot of targets. And he, he, I, don't, I just don't think that's a good situation for Anderson.
0: Yeah, it's just the target's share is not going to be there with uh, Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore over there. So oh, And Ian Thomas at tight end. So not really an ideal situation. I got you can disregard in fantasy except for, uh, I guess he's just outside of the top 60. handcuffs Deion Lewis is heading over to the New York Giants and if Saquon Barkley gets hurt Lewis might have a path to production but we don't even know if he'll be the sole guy even if Barkley gets hurt because he hasn't played that great in his career and Barkley when he's on the field is we know he's going to take all the running back touches there's nothing left for Lewis so uh Kirk I think you can probably let him go undrafted in leagues
1: yeah I mean we did we, we did see Barkley um get hurt last year for a decent amount of time but um I don't even think Deion Lewis is going to be able to maintain decent production, especially if, if he gets put in a timeshare if Saquon gets hurt. And those are all ifs. If he does get hurt, um, if Saquon does get hurt, then maybe consider him, but there's no need to draft him.
0: Yeah, there's no, I would say there's also no need to draft him as well. Also, a guy that I don't even think I have in my quarterback rankings, Phillip Rivers is heading over to the Indianapolis Colts, and he has really been in decline over the past year um, he was really playing badly last year in L.A. Um, I don't think his situation gets improved in Indianapolis. He's got an injury-prone wide receiver one in T.Y. Hilton. Michael Pittman is a decent rookie option. Jack Doyle, who he, he'll like to throw to since he's a tight end, is an okay option. But um, I don't really like see Rivers' path to fantasy value. Uh, Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack are running back. Uh, that's a pretty good Mack attack at running back and – Taylor rack attack, and um, so and but I don't think that's going to really help Rivers that much because he had a better supporting cast and for the Chargers with uh, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, and Melvin Gordon over there, and he just wasn't able to produce. So I think Rivers could actually go undrafted in leagues as well.
1: Yeah, I think I think this is his swan song. Like this is not an ideal situation at all. He's got two, he's got two very talented running backs in the backfield. He's got T.Y. Hilton and Jack Doyle, which is a definite downgrade from. From all of the guys he had, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler, and and neither of the guys that that are in the backfield really catch passes. So this is not a good situation. Stay, stay away from him unless some miracle happens.
0: Yeah, I would say so too. Um, I'm he's not that far from fantasy relevance just because the number twenty four quarterback can be pretty bad sometimes. But um, maybe he's a guy that. Yeah, I would just not draft him. Just don't draft him. Uh, another t- – some tight end news. Uh, it's not really news, but it happened a while ago. Uh, Jason Witten is going over to the Oakland Raiders. Um, uh, yeah, Jason Witten's heading to the Raiders, and uh, that's yet another target to compete for touches over there. And behind Darren Waller, Kirk, I don't really know if he'll do much at all.
1: Yeah, when he was on the Cowboys, there were there were a couple other guys who were stealing from him, and then there was Zeke, and he had one of the best QBs in the league. Now he is Derek Carr throwing to him, and there are about fifty other guys who are who are higher on the depth chart than he is in terms of pass catchers. So that yeah, steer clear.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, he's not even
1: the starting tight end.
0: Witten was one of the, is one of the best tight ends of all time, but he's not going to have a very productive last year before uh he maybe makes the Hall of Fame. We'll see. Uh, maybe I, I don't know if he'll pursue a career as a broadcaster again. Um, I don't really know about that. That didn't really go too well, did it? Um. So, Witten's on Oakland. They're on the Raiders for another year. And uh, now, some other news. Philip Dorsett's heading over to the Seattle Seahawks. And these last few guys we've really got aren't really fantasy relevant, except for one. So, Dorsett can be disregarded. He's another guy to help Russell Wilson, but he doesn't really have that big of a fantasy impact, I feel like.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's he's a decent player, but, but Wilson already has other guys to throw to. So, maybe it's a slight upgrade in points for Wilson, but... Just stay away from Dorsett. He doesn't really matter.
0: Yeah. Um, Dorsett had a couple weeks of fantasy relevance last year in New England, but he's not very relevant this year. Um, Kyle Allen, quarterback, former quarterback for DJ Moore on the Carolina Panthers, is heading over to the Washington Redskins. He's going to be nothing more than a backup option, and so are the next two guys, Jameis Winston and Joe Flacco. So I think all three of these guys can be disregarded. Winston is the most intriguing because if Breeze, Drew Brees gets injured, which he doesn't normally – so he's not very intriguing at all. But if he did, Winston actually played very well in fantasy last year, even though he threw many interceptions, just because of the sheer amount of yards and touchdowns. So I think. But all three of these guys are just backups, and the only reason we're putting this is because they technically changed teams in the off season. But I don't Definitely. think anyone really cares.
1: Yeah. Although one thing about Kyle Allen, the Redskins seem to have caught the injury bug as of late, so it's conceivable that he could get the starting job. But even if he does, he's not going to have. It. A very good situation in terms of wide receivers in Washington. And Winston, also an intriguing option, but only if Brees gets hurt. If he does, then he could be a very dangerous player. But otherwise, yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I just it, Winston is the one who would, if he's starting, would have the most impact in fantasy. So the last guy in our offseason moves before we go to our still unresolved situations is Carlos Hyde. And Carlos Hyde is over with Seattle. For the Seattle Seahawks, um, he's in Seattle to play for Seattle behind Chris Carson and uh, Kirk. I think he's an interesting player. Uh, I just uh, think he'll be sitting behind Chris Carson. He might get the occasional touch or two or three, but um, I think he, and I think he's a decent handcuff just for that. And uh, but with Rashad Penny there, um, that sort of keeps down his value. So I'd put him around the number fifty-five range in terms of running backs.
1: Yeah, it's it's a pretty muddy situation in Seattle right right now with with those three guys that you mentioned. I mean, Carlos Hyde is a fairly talented player, and Chris Carson has fumbling issues, but I think he's going to resolve those. I think he's going to be the lead back, and and he'll have to compete with Rashad Penny with touches, even if he doesn't – even if he does get hurt, I mean.
0: Yeah, Carson um, has been able to – keep the backfield for a long time now and I think he's one of my favorite undervalues in terms of running back at the running back position so I think he's a great guy to target in your drafts so we've got a couple of guys here whose situations are still unresolved even though we're in mid-June right now which is pretty crazy by the way um, I didn't mention this at the start of the episode but we're going to be recording all of our episodes on Sunday or probably most of them and then releasing them on Monday at 3 a.m eastern time 12 a.m pacific so um just watch out for those bright and early. On your Monday morning, morning, your Monday morning, Um, depends. I mean, yeah, most of the time they will probably be out. Sunday. We're gonna to try to keep a nice schedule for you guys. So we've got a couple of situations that are still unresolved before we wrap up the show today. It was a shorter show for today, but we've got plenty of fantasy info in here. Um, it's the first one is Devontae Freeman. And Devontae Freeman, about three weeks ago, rejected a um contract offer from the Seattle Seahawks, and I don't really see how he's in the position to do that since no team is really interested in him. So I don't know why Freeman's asking for money right now when he is having trouble even getting an offer for a job in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's he was an okay running back in his day. He's nowhere near Hall of Fame caliber. He's he's not good enough for the amount of money he's asking. So just I, I don't I don't think he's relevant anymore unless he makes a sudden move. But that's not likely.
0: Yeah, um, there's not really Freeman. I don't know why. Again, just Freeman is not really in the position to reject very many offers right now. So um, it's interesting why he's doing that. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say that Freeman is not in the position to reject the offers right now. And I'll just stop talking about Freeman. There you are. <laughs> yes. I figured it out. I had figured it out the first time I kept trying to add something more. Also Cam Newton's situation is still unresolved. And un- I mean, we don't really know about what Freeman's desire to play this season, but I think Cam Newton has said that um, he will wait until the season starts, or even during the season, um, to get signed because he doesn't really want to be a backup for any team. Uh, he'll probably wait until some quarterback gets hurt and be like, "I'm here, sign me." So, um, Kirk, I think this is interesting for Newton. Um, he doesn't really have much value though unless he gets signed by a team who needs a starter mid-season. But depending on that team, what that team is, his fantasy value will be different.
1: Except for his injury risk, he—he is—he's a very talented player, but. The injury risk is a very big thing, and also there there isn't a very open QB market at this point because most of the teams that needed a QB kind of sealed up their needs in the draft. So maybe mid season he'll get signed, but but as of now he's not important.
0: Yeah, it's not really these guys whose situations are still unresolved. They're not important. But watch out if he gets on like if Deshaun Watson gets hurt and he's on the Texans. Actually, the Texans don't really have many offensive weapons now that I think about it. Um, I'm trying to think. What's a good team for him to land on? Um, why can't I think of a team? If Dak Prescott got hurt and he got signed to the Cowboys, that's not happening. But if he did, that'd be a great situation for Cam Newton, and I'd be looking for him. He'd be on my radar for sure as a nice streaming option.
1: Of course, that's about as likely as a Fig Newton getting signed instead
0: of him. So I don't think Prescott's going to get hurt anytime soon. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, we'll see. Uh, he, he won't get hurt. He, he will not get hurt. Um, that is the end of our very short show today. Um, thanks for downloading and listening as always. Uh, Chris will be back next week. So uh, touchdown Kirk again, filling in for him this week. Um, our official second and goal fantasy website writer. If you want to check out Kirk's articles, as well as my articles on the website, you can go to sites.google.com view slash second and goal fantasy. You can also check out on the website, our rankings if you want to check out our live show, live sports talk show, Second In Goal Sports Talk, uh, Chris and I do solo live streams as well as uh, weekly shows. I did this show solo. Uh, no, I guess this is going to be released on Monday. So I did this show. I, this is going to be released. Wow, I talked very fast. This is going to be released on Monday. So, um, so two days ago, not yesterday, two days ago, I did the live show solo, and I was like out of breath by the end. Oh, my goodness. That was one of the toughest things I've ever had to do. Um, so you can go watch that. I still, it was still fun and I still had a lot of fun doing it, but I tried to jam pack the show with topics and even I found myself running out at the end anyway, but the show, it's a very good show. You can also look at our live coverage of the Charles Schwab challenge, third round of the PGA tour. We did that or I did that some Play-by-play broadcast of that, and I may be doing more of those in the future. So to check out our solo live streams, Chris and I, and our weekly live shows as well as special shows, you can go to s-p-o-r-t-s-c-a-s-t-r dot com slash sg sports talk. That's s p o r t s c a s t r. dot com slash sg sports talk. Also, if you download the SportsCaster app, spelled the way I spelled it, you can look up at sg sports talk in channels. Search sg sports talk in channels. Um, and then you can find our channel there as well. Um, yeah, again, make sure to check out our website, make sure to rate and review us on Apple podcasts. Um, make sure to keep downloading and listening on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google podcasts, Stitcher and tune in wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, it was fun coming. It was fun. I I shouldn't say coming, but it was fun being here doing a podcast, even though Chris was unavailable to do it. Also, one last thing, if you have questions about fantasy football, make sure to email us at secondandgoldfantasy at gmail.com, and your questions will be considered for our listener mailback episodes. This has been Episode 16, Off-Season Moves Recap uh, with Touchdown Kirk. Um, Thanks, guys, for listening, and I'll see you guys next time.